The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet! This is Walter Ciades Fedchuk bringing you week two of our spring split European team-by-team previews. Last week, we covered Fnatic, we covered G2, we covered H2K Gaming, we covered Misfits, we covered Splice, and this week, we're on the second half of Europe, uh, some of the lower-seeded teams, but there's still some excitement to be had, and I know someone is excited about the team that we're talking about today, my good friend Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. Chase, let's show the people this excitement. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, NFL football is happening today when we're recording this. That's always nice, and we oh. get to talk about a team that I'm personally very excited about you know it's funny when we made this list we did it basically when teams were revealing their rosters it's almost as if teams who have better rosters are more excited about it and therefore release their (laughs) rosters earlier weird how that tends to happen and you know for everything you could say about the unicorns of love i feel like this offseason was one where they addressed some of the issues that you would imagine they've had uh in the last year and you know, I, I think they made some interesting decisions, and I'm looking forward to just breaking that all down and talking about it. A- absolutely. The Unicorns of Love. They are probably one of my favorite fan bases to interact with as yes. a member of the Rough Drafts podcast because you guys are so lovable and so full of hope and energy. And I'm a bitter Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> my heart is just frozen solid. And like every year I go, I don't think this, I, I just, I can't see this team being any good. I can't see this team being any good. And you guys are right there. You're like, no, don't worry about it. We're going to be great. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to be fine. We're going to compete with the best teams in Europe. And somehow year after year, you have this lull during the regular season. Where I'm like, I caught you fans. You're wrong. You're wrong. And then boom, you make the playoffs. You make some noise. You guys almost went to Worlds. Like that Splice series was crazy. I I, I would just, like to I love look, you guys. I do too. I would like to point out that after we were told repeatedly that we were wrong about predicting Unicorns of Love to be not good in the regular season last split, I actually poured one out on this show. You can go back. It's either week three or week four. It's, it's yeah. in the description. We could probably put an annotation or something in here for that, right, Walter? I literally pour one out for the Unicorns of Love. I was wrong. I am always wrong. I will always be wrong because of the system that uh, that has been built by Sheepy and the rest of these unicorns of love guys. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, Ab dude flexing with his unicorn stuff. I love it. I love everything yeah, Ro- about this Ro- team. Romain Kagner Bigard, he's the the team manager. I think. Mm-hmm. I think I got that correct. 
Um, I, I was looking through all their social media, like, all right, which guy looks like the unicorn that's writing names on his chest? I think it's Romaine. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Send me who the right person is because I, I love this dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he is awesome. He is exactly what a team like Unicorns of Love need. And, uh, yeah, last split, they ended up in sixth place uh, in the regular season. They were 6-5-7. and seven. Uh, They went into the playoffs. They took fourth place. Uh, they lost, uh, they beat the Giants 3-1. to one. That was a really good series. I think that was the series that really kind of told me, like, this core that Unicorns of Love have are, are really solid mm-hmm. and turned me on to a, a particular player on this roster. Uh, they then lost versus the eventual champions in G2. That was a 1-3 series. And then they also lost to H2K in the third place game, uh, 1-3 as well. And then they had that phenomenal uh, regional run. Um, they beat the Giants mm-hmm. again. Uh, and then they, they lost a splice uh, in the finals. And they beat Fnatic, too. Yeah, that's... Yeah, they beat Fnatic. Yeah. They 3-0 Fnatic, and then they had the great series with Splice uh, to end it. They took first place at IEM Oakland. It was their third trip into the California Bay Area, and they finally won a, champ- uh, a championship. That's great. Mm-hmm. That made me really happy. Uh, and they had a second-team All-Pro in Vizichachi, their top laner. He's still there. He's still their top laner. Uh, the jungler moved from the summer. He's gone. He's been replaced by Zeri, uh, formerly of Dark Passage in the Turkish League. Their mid laner, Exile, he's still their mid laner. Uh, they had a very late change to the AD carry position. Veritas uh, is no longer with the team. There was kind of some controversy around it. Um, he's been replaced by Samix, who was on the Giants Challenger Series team. Also was in Giants' very first split back in 2013 as a top laner. So that's yeah. very interesting. Uh, and then the rest of this team, the support, Hillsong, he's still here. Uh, and head coach, co-owner, Sheepy, he's still there. This is, this is an intriguing roster, mm-hmm. uh, don't you say, Chase? Like, what, what, what about this roster really, like, grinds your gears? Like, what makes you think about this roster? Well, Xerxes got to be the first and foremost. I mean, we're barely a year removed from Unicorns of Love starting four junglers in six weeks. So this is a team that has clearly built a system that surpasses any individual kind of jungle playstyle. That's clearly not Correct. where their shot calling's coming from. Uh, you can look at Visichachi and Hillisang for that kind of leadership. But certainly, uh, it's a position that's been a revolving door. It is still a revolving door. Uh, so that's kind of interesting to me. I also think it's fascinating just to watch, uh, you know, what Samix is going to be. You know, a lot of people are freaking out about this whole Veritas thing. But if I'm Unicorns of Love, we don't have a Korean jungler anymore. There's nothing about Veritas that was particularly impressive last split. So him deciding to stay in Korea and you getting, you know, your fifth European guy, I don't think is particularly a bad move. I just find it interesting that this is... These are the choices that they made to fill these slots, and, and you just have to kind of wonder how long these, you know, turn sta- uh, turn tiles, you could say, um, are just going to be able to stay in place. Uh, it, it seems like uh, these positions have been positions they've shifted forever and ever, and it's never caught up to them, and at some point you have to feel like it does, right? You can't yeah. just keep getting away with it. It feels like they keep getting away that. with it. I would say that, but the Unicorns of Love continually get away I know! It's, a, it's why their fans love them so much. It's every year, it's like, look, it doesn't matter. We're going to be a playoff team. We'll be in the hunt. It'll be fine. And every year, I want to tell them they're wrong. And every year, I'm wrong. So I'm not doing it this year. These are going to be great changes. I just don't know why I'm wrong yet. It's going to be one. It's going to be a fun split to figure it out. I don't think, I, 
I wouldn't say great changes. I won't say great changes. It's more of I'm so afraid of the unicorn magic by now that I don't want to say that they're awful and that they aren't going to make the playoffs because I'm a gambling man. And when I've been proven wrong, like, what, three times now, four times now, every single split in the ince- since the inception of this organization, I mean, at some point I kind of have to just go, all right, they're like six for six. I guess I kind of have to just, like, go with it. Right. Uh, so I wouldn't say they're, they're great changes. I wouldn't say they're massive upgrades. I will say the one position that has now – they now have another consistent line. Hillisong and Vizicacci have always been the, the consistent players for this roster. Mm-hmm. They've added a third now, yes. and that's this young mid-laner exile. And if I remember way back in the playoffs, Chase, you and I had a problem with him. Yes. He couldn't play Cassiopeia. No, he really that couldn't. Was a big, big problem in the meta. And then I am Oakland comes around and he can play Cassiopeia. Why are you so excited? And why am I so excited about this mid laner? Well, Tell me, Chase. Because this is one of those things that we have. It's a fatal flaw that people use. And this is something we're victims to, right? Because we have a show where we're covering players on a week by week basis. We're dissecting every moment they have great and every moment that they do terribly wrong, right? Like we are not getting a an overall picture when you cover it week by week. And when you step back and just look at the overall picture of what he did. This was a guy who had clear signs that steps forward were coming, right? He had certain champions on which he performed consistently very well. His Vladimir was quite good. Uh, his LeBlanc was consistent. His Anivia was god-tier. Um, he played very well with late-scaling uh, mid laners, with the exception of his Rise, which had uh, some problems depending on when you looked at it. Uh, but honestly, what you saw was a guy who would take time to adjust to what the new meta is, and then you would see him put in the hours, put in the work, really learn these champions and adapt. And it didn't always happen in time. And if you look at, you know, the inability to play Cassiopeia, that obviously could not be figured out uh, by the time the summer split was over. That's why we didn't see them at Worlds. Uh, that is a concern. But those kind of things like champion pool are the easiest thing for a team to fix because all that needs is time within the system. If a player is good and understands the game well and has the intrinsic ability to know what role he plays on his team and execute that role properly, things like champion pool can be fixed. And the thing about what we're seeing from Exile is that we're seeing those fixes come through. And if you compare just what he did in the EU summer regular season versus the performance we saw at IEM Oakland, it's it's so much easier to track the widespread growth there because you see a guy jump 1.5 points in his KDA. He had 4.2 KDA despite playing more games than any other mid laner at this tournament. And yes, I am aware that when you win, you tend to have better stats, but it's the way he's <laughs> doing it. It's the kill participation numbers. It's the uh, laning numbers that are allowing him to keep up with everybody, including Bjergsen uh, at this tournament for, you know, for better and for worse. A guy who did more damage for his team per minute than anyone other than Maple as far as mid lane positions go. Uh, the guy just really understands how to get the most out of his resources, how to effectively uh, make plays rather than, you know, constantly taking risks. He's not necessarily going to blow you away with overwhelming power, but the guy has a chance to be consistently very good, if not consistently great, if he continues on this path. And that's probably more valuable for a team in Unicorns of Love that already have playmakers at other positions. 
you're you're hitting the nail on the head. This kid has definitely shown massive improvement since we were talking about him last summer. He was a huge question mark. It was part of that influx of talent of Move and Veritas and mm-hmm. this kid Exile, which we'd seen very very little of if you compare him to Move and and to Veritas. And it's incredible that he's the one that stuck. That he's the guy that actually is still here with the organization, that he's improved so much, and that he was so much behind the victory at IEM Oakland. And Mm -hmm. despite the fact that he didn't play Cassiopeia, he was really kind of the guy behind how well they played in those regional finals and going into the playoffs and that little stretch there. And it was just those couple minor little flaws, not playing Cassiopeia, his rise being very inconsistent, which when you look at and you say earlier, oh, he's really good at those scaling late mages... Cassiopeia and Rise fit right in that wheelhouse. So it's really it's really good to see that he's then added these champions that were so heavy prioritized at that time into his champion pool. Granted, they aren't now. Now it's a brand new champion pool. And even though we haven't seen any competitive play, that's going to be very interesting to see where he sits uh, in the current meta and how quickly he adapts because, you know, we patch like it or not, League of Legends patches, and especially when you do get to playoffs, there's a big patch right before playoffs. There's a big patch right before Worlds. Like This happens where there's a patch that does happen that influences uh, metas going into those those postseason moments. So mm-hmm. if you can, during the regular season, quicken that pace, it'll bode much better for Unicorns of Love uh, going into that offseason. But that's like that's like three months away from now. Mm-hmm. That's That's way far from now. So Chase, right now... Looking at Unicorns of Love, mm-hmm. the entire theory of unicorn magic existing, and it doesn't matter what we say week one, and it doesn't matter what they do between weeks one through eight, somehow week <laughs> nine they're going to be in the top six and they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Despite all of that, I, what makes you nervous about this team? What, what's that little itch you can't scratch in the back of your head? Look, I, I've said this so many times, and every time I'm wrong, and Unicorns of Love fans... <laughs> You're listening to this and you're going, oh man, this crap again. It's And look, this is just it. How many times can you make these kinds of changes, specifically to the 80 carry and jungle position, and still have talented guys who know how to fill the role? This blows my mind. Like, you're rolling dice every time, no matter how good an acquisition scouting. is. Yeah, okay, but even if They're you're a great scouting. scout, not even the Patriots don't get every first-round pick work to work out for them, right? They rarely like, do. They rarely do. <laughs> even teams with good scouting, like, it also requires player development. It also requires being the right fit for the style, having the right personality for a team like this. And by the way, you're usually doing it with less money than some of the other bigger-name orgs because they don't have the backing, so you're not necessarily getting the guaranteed huge superstar coming your way. So how do they keep nailing this? And I look at Xerxes, and Xerxes is the quintessential guy that you would imagine would be a Unicorns of Love player, right? He's 17 years old, so he's still very young, very moldable. He's an aggressive jungler. He has some experience. Uh, he's played in the Turkish uh, Turkish scene. He played on Dark Passage with Caps, played on the Turkish Challenger scene before that. Um you know, clearly a guy with a, a ton of talent who knows how to rack up assists for his team as well as deal some damage on things like Nidalee and Hecarim, which were his specialties in the last split. I genuinely, I, I look at this and say, that seems like a guy who's somehow going to be good on Unicorns of Love. I look forward to him struggling for three weeks and then clicking it all together and they start going on a run. Samux is a question mark to me, and this is the one where I have to look at and say, are we sure that this was the right call? And I understand it's better than bringing in a toaster. 
So I got to give them credit for that. You did not get a hop off I am of that never going to hop off of so it. so bad for him. He did nothing I, look, to you. Look, to be fair, to be fair, poster. to be fair, he was not a miracle in a ringer. So he's not as bad as Coast. But it didn't go well. It did not go well. I think that's safe to say. And Samix has been around Giants for forever. They needed an AD carry desperately because Upset left and they didn't want him. So when you have an AD carry clearly available, Spanish of all things, which Giants Gaming usually loves to hang on to all their Spanish players since they're a Spanish org and still don't seem to deal with things in a very uh, traditional way. It seems to be run like a very Spanish org still, and we'll get to more of that later on this week. But I don't know, man. This one doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why you'd sign this guy. I don't understand what he has been doing in the challenger scene for the last three years that you wouldn't already know about him by now. Uh, he seems like a well-established player with very limited upside. So I don't get this move at all. That's the one that to me, I just look at and I go, do we finally get a snake eyes, right? Do we finally have Samix bounce the other way? And maybe Xerxy isn't as good as we might theorize because based off of a regular season in Turkey which has some natural positional flaws. I can tell you right now, having coached in Turkey, there are very few Turkish junglers that are able to keep up on a on a level that you would expect Xerxes to now have to participate against every week. That could be a concern as well. I, I'm not saying that I believe it's going to fail. I'm just saying that I have the thought that this could fail every day of my life. I don't always agree with it. I just have that thought in my head. Listen, listen. I'm I'm just gonna tell you right now what all the unicorns of, of love fans are gonna tell you. Um, kind of feels boosted, man. You you kind of feel boosted. You feel like uh, it feels like your co-host is gonna have to carry you here. Listen, I get it, and I'm wearing a shirt. You can't see it, Chase, because you don't get to see my camera. I have a shirt that says "Feels Boosted, Man." Yeah. I'm actually wearing it right now. It was a Christmas gift. It's great. Yeah. And, it's perfect timing to wear for this show. And I'm going to say I get everywhere you're coming from. I understand. At some point, their luck has to run out. At some point, you can't just keep beating the dealer. You can only call blackjack so many times. You can only put it on red so many times and watch the ball land in there. Like At some point, the pit boss would be coming over to the Unicorns of Love and going, Listen, guys, like, um, there's something suspicious going on here. We I'm need to almost check you, sure like... that's why they have the shirtless man, right? That's the distraction <laughs> while they put whatever magic that they're pulling? That's that's the cocktail. I thought we'd all agreed on this cocktail. already. Yeah. <laughs> I understand all of it. We've been doing this for a long time, buddy. And I, every time we say that, we're wrong. I know we're wrong. And that's the oh. thing. I've accepted this. And when I look at, you know, what's going to determine the season, it's the fact that the unicorns of love are the unicorns of love. Look, visit Chachi. You know, I made a mistake this offseason of tweeting, are we sure that Visit Chachi is a number one guy? And the internet had a lot of strong thoughts about that statement. And none of them were, I have that doubt as well, Chase. And it's <laughs> it was one of those things that made me go back. I'm like, you know what? Clearly I got something wrong. Let me look back at the film. And when I look back at the film, you know, I see a player who is, is very good, by the way, a second team all-pro player, um, the only one on the Unicorns of Love to get an all-pro nomination. But I also see a guy who is a leader of this team. He and Hillisang, you can see in between games, every time they lose a game, all eyes shift to them and Sheepy. The three of them are this kind of cornerstone around which a system is built, around which every player needs to just buy in and say, 
We are the unicorns of love. Our colors are ridiculous. Our fans are mildly insane. And we love everything <laughs> about this. And that's what they do every year. And because of that, they get the insanely passionate fans that they absolutely deserve. They get the crazy guy with the, the unicorn head and the ripped abs. You get a coach that, if nothing else, has proven to be incredibly adept at both scouting and player development. And... You have this Vizichachi, Hillisang, Sheepy trio that t t leads me to say, I don't care what new pieces come into the system. You know, whatever doubts I have about Xerxes, they're not anywhere near as high of a confidence as I have because the Unicorns of Love managed to start in one season, Gilius, uh, Diamond Prox, uh, no, sorry, is that Gilius and Diamond Prox in the same season? It was Diamond Prox... Joko, Rudy, and Lulex in the same split within weeks of each other, and all of them looked good, and they made it to the playoffs. That is bonkers. In an 18-game season back then, that is insane. I'm not falling for it anymore. You're a well-run team, Unicorns of Love. You're an organization that somehow finds a way to make up for the fact that you don't have money by inspiring loyalty within your crew, within your fan base, within your players, within your staff. Everyone buys in. And as long as people continue to buy in, this team is going to continue to be successful. And the magic dies. It's just like a fairy in Peter Pan. As soon as they stop believing in the magic, that's when it dies. As soon as people stop clapping for Tinkerbell, that's when she's going to fall apart. And I have no idea who in the LCS is going to stop cheering for Tinkerbell right now because this team's magic doesn't look like it's running out anytime L soon. Listen, listen. They may be adding another fan to that fan base too and, and myself. I oh. have been a European esports LCS widow for quite some time now. I have not officially put my rubber stamp on a certain team. And I'm not going to do that yet. Okay. Because I just have too much fun being an outsider and looking at this team and looking at the fan base and going on to their subreddit, you know, once or twice a, a split and just reading everything and just, they are, you guys are insane. <laughs> you are, you are crazy. And I love it. And it's great. You have the same fanaticism about the unicorns of love that I have for our one true Lord and savior forgiven. It's like, it's right there. Yeah. And I, I just love this team. I just love them. I don't necessarily think they're amazing. They're not the best team in the world. I don't think that they're necessarily going to be contending with, you know, one of the top three teams at the end of the split for winning a championship. But they do have that sort of upstart potential still, like five splits into this. They still have this sneaky, we're the underdogs. Nobody believes in us potential that we all go, no, you are correct. No one believes in you. And you turn it around and you succeed. And we're still like, yeah, but can you do it again? Can, can you do it again? I just, I feel like this is finally the split. You're looking around. You're looking at people commenting on Twitter. You're looking at people doing power rankings, discussions. Tim Seven, he's our good friend from Oracle's Elixir and The Score. He did an AMA. He had them in the top four. I think that's probably where I'm going to put them someplace, you know, top four, top oh, five. Man. Like, I just, I really, really hope the magic never dies on this team. I made my prediction, Chase. Yeah, you Where did. Where do you think they're going to end up? Oh, boy. I don't know. I hate this question every year. Every year I'm wrong. I don't... I hate judging this team. I hate critiquing this team. I love the team itself. And by the way, I know you're going to be listening to this because you guys on the subreddit, you always are the ones that, that respond to us the most. And we love having these conversations. Yeah. And by the way, please, uh, you want to talk to us on Reddit, Twitter. We love talking to you guys. Uh, Surfate 
uh, is the one who always uh, blows me up on uh, on Reddit because he's the one who does the hardcore analysis of every series that Unicorns of Love play every week. When you have fans like that, you're doing something right, Ooh, York. And that's I, insane. yeah, he's he's an incredible player. I he's an incredible fan, I should say. These are incredible players on this team. I think they're top four too. I hate saying it. I hate it because it I feel feels, like we're jinxing him now. It feels like we're jinxing it, right? Like we've never yeah. believed in him for years, and they've always done well. And now I'm finally ready to go on board because I think Xerxes is going to be a great player. For the record, I have my I had my doubts in the doubt section. Now I get to give my actual opinion. I think he's going to be really good. I think Samix is going to be fine, mostly because you weren't getting a lot out of Veritas anyway. Like, what are you losing? Any carries don't matter in Season 7 anyways. Yeah, like, and, it, <laughs> and even if they did, let's face it, Hillisang is the playmaker. His AD carry is just there to listen when he says, point at the thing and hit the thing that I'm hitting <laughs> at. Please. Like, that's just how this goes. Shoot and the so, thing. Shoot, shoot it. it Again, if Veritas can do it, I think Samix can do. I, you know, so I, I am excited about this Unicorns of Love team. I think they're going to be top four. I am going to be nervous about it every week. Expect me to abandon this prediction around week four or five. Expect me to hop back on Ford around eight or nine. Uh, and then watch me get frustrated by them in the playoffs because they still don't know how to close out a best of five. But, you know, hey, it's, it's a new split. Maybe Xerxes the piece that uh, that puts it all together. At the very least, it's going to be fun to watch another Unicorns of Love split. And and I apologize profusely and from the utmost bottom of my heart, Unicorns of Love fans. You now have the rough draft stank on you. Yeah, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get relegated, and I truly and truly am sorry for that. Um, but we're finally here. We finally see what you see. We finally. Uh, have made it over the rainbow, and we're sitting in the pot of gold with you, and it's great. It's mm-hmm. nice and warm. It's a really nice hot tub that you guys have here. Uh, so hopefully, you guys will be a little kinder to us. You guys will <laughs> tell us that, you know, despite everything that we've said in the past, that you're finally ready to welcome us into the Unicorn Love family, and, uh, you know, you guys might uh, might follow us on social media. You guys can find me at CADs underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? You can find me at Red Shirt King. I love talking to you guys. Negative, positive, all the feedback. I, you know, I've been really uh, humbled by the huge amounts of responses we got in the first week of episodes. Um, I love read every comment. Uh, they, you know, the positive ones, negative ones, they all help make this show better. We appreciate all of it. And uh, Unicorns of Love fans. I'm not sure whether you're going to be happier or angrier with us now that we're on board because it's been it's been a great tradition with us to to keep that conversation going. I hope that this sparks more conversations on your subreddit. I look forward to talking with people all across. And and by the way, if you enjoy the episode, uh, you know, consider supporting our Patreon. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. So that is day one of week two. That's day six. We're covering the Unicorns of Love. You just listened to 25 minutes of us discussing them. There's also a North American podcast that was listened today. You guys can just hit on next in the old uh, old playlist bar and go to the next one. Or if you're on SoundCloud, just you know swipe whatever if you're on your mobile device. Listen to the NA podcast. Come back tomorrow where we'll be doing another North American podcast. And we'll be sticking here in Europe. Man, oh man, we're talking about some late-minute changes. Well, here was another late-minute change to the AD carry position, and for this organization, it might just be spelling GG. Until then, goodbye, Internet. 
Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.